Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. There's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of those pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. I am so excited to be bringing you not only a new episode, but also a new guest who has is one of many firsts on the show because she is our first international guest. And the first time I saw her name written on a computer screen, I had to do a double take because I thought it said Katy Perry. And I was like, wait, no, that's not it. It's Kate Petrie. So Kate, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little about who you are, what you do, and a fun fact. Hey, Jenny, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is, this is awesome. Um, I do get that Katy Perry thing sometimes. And it's just, it's just weird to me. It's funny that other people do that. I, of course, have had this name my whole life. So I don't think of it that way. But <laughs> lots of people think Katy Perry and then are excited to tell me about it. And so it's just funny to me. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm an international guest. I'm from Canada. I live in Alberta, close to Banff and the Rockies. And so I love to go hiking and get into the mountains as much as I can. And um, I used to be a pastor. I was on staff as a kids and youth pastor at a church in a different city for about five years. And now I coach. I'm a life and leadership coach. And my desire is just for the church to be healthy. I just want the church to be healthy. And the angle that I take with that is to work with church leaders. Um, that could be a senior pastor. That could be a volunteer kids team member whatever, anybody who's serving other people to get their heart healthy so that they serve other people really well. And the way that I put it is to be strong and free in Christ so that you can serve others. And so that's kind of what I do with my time. I just really love encouraging leaders and I do my best to bring out the best in them. So Kate, what have you been set free from? Yeah, I love that you asked this question. I, um, I'm going to give like a really specific answer. I've been set free from a lot of things. But the example that I wanted to give was um, I've been set free from thinking that my voice didn't matter. And what that looked like for me was I, well, first of all, I just didn't think that my voice had value or mattered, but it played out like me looking for other people to place value on my voice. It was me looking for other people to affirm what I was saying or to hear my perspective and and take value from it or run with it. And so I was always in this place of needing people around me to affirm me in that way. And instead of just believing that God actually put value on my voice. And so what happened was I ended up in an environment where um, nobody valued my voice. (laughs) My voice was actually dismissed, uh, ignored, misrepresented over and over and over again. 
And um, that was really painful, as you can imagine, because my desire was to be valued in that way. And that was not happening and just kept happening until it reached a point where I realized I was being so dismissed and misrepresented that actually like I had the thought in my head, like, oh, like they're just wrong. They're just wrong about me. And it was a very painful experience. But what it led for me to do is to kind of say like, oh, I, like they are not going to be the answer for me here. Like me waiting around for God to get everybody else to value my voice is not my path to freedom. I was listening to the episode that you had with Bailey Stone and she kind of talked about like when she got freedom from anxiety, she'd been praying for a long time for God to set her free. And finally, she just took a stand like, I'm, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. Like you've told me that I don't need to be anxious. I'm going to move forward on that path. And it was similar for me kind of going, like I've been praying for change for a long time. And it wasn't until I finally said like, wait a second, like God says that I am valuable. God has given me a valuable perspective. My voice does matter. I don't need everyone to agree with me. I don't need everybody to affirm me. It just, my perspective does matter. And I like to share that story just to share the idea that sometimes our freedom comes from painful circumstances, even unfair circumstances where God can use those to kind of shine a light and say like, hey, like you get to choose, you get to choose truth. And with that truth comes freedom. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so true that a lot of situations that produce change in our lives are usually situations we don't necessarily want to be in or they apply pressure to our lives. That's really good. I just want to ask you as a leader, as you're coaching people right now, how can a listener identify if she is asking her team to do the same thing that you were doing of um, needing people's approval or agreement without realizing it? Yeah. So as leaders, a lot of times we're, we're bringing our own stuff into our teams, our meetings, the, whatever it is that we're doing, and we're unaware of it. And this can happen a bunch of different ways. But one of the signs would be that you're getting frustrated with your team. So um, if you are starting to realize that your team is frustrating you, you're not having grace with them, you're um, disappointed in them, then that is a clear sign that you are asking for your team to meet your needs rather than being there to serve your team. And it's a really tricky dynamic because as a leader, you're always going to have some kind of goal that you're working towards, right? Mm -hmm. And you want your team to work towards that goal as well. So it's natural for there to be conflicts, but if you're actually frustrated with your team, like the people themselves, then there's something within your own heart that needs to be addressed. And that's something that I experienced in one workplace where I had a boss who he came from another job where he had been really disappointed. And he, in the job that he came to where I was working with him, he really needed me to meet him. He needed me to be or sorry, he needed me to want him to be kind of like my personal guide in life. And I wasn't signing up for that. And that just created all this frustration. And instead of leading the, myself and our other team members toward a common goal, he was set and focused on getting like that personal breakthrough with me. He was frustrated with me. And I think like if he had been able to recognize what was going on in his own heart, that would have created room for him to just lead with grace and, and lead the team towards a common goal. Another one would be high turnover. So um, if people are coming and going from your team a lot, 
then that means that they're probably having a hard time connecting in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a boss who, a different boss, different story, who um, he, his need was to not be forced to communicate clearly or honestly with his team. He was very passive. He, he wanted to keep everything close to the vest and never really wanted to be open and clear with his team. And we know that clarity is kindness, but beyond that, it meant that the people on his team could not create a deeper connection with him or his vision because he kept everybody at a distance and he kept everybody in the dark a little bit in terms of what he really thought. And so that just led to people coming, thinking like, this is going to be great, realizing they can't make that connection and then leaving because they wanted more. And so another way that we can bring our own needs to a team is actually like hiding from them or not being open and serving them by allowing there to be that connection and support there. And then the last one I have for you is this idea that you can't survive without your team. You value your team so much that you think you're like, I can't survive without these people. They're so amazing. I'm so glad I have them. And that sounds like a really good thing. And this is me. This is my personal example. This is where I was at. I was in a very stressful work environment and the people on my team who served like my volunteer leaders, they were amazing and they are amazing, but I put too much weight on them. Mm. I needed them to the extent that like, if someone wanted to um, leave the team, I would be like anxious and nervous and upset thinking like, how am I going to get this done without them? And so that's me thinking about my stuff rather than, well, I wonder why they want to leave. I wonder what's next for them. What opportunities are they dreaming of? How can I support them? There's a whole different mindset, you know, and all of these things, like when we're frustrated with our team, or maybe when we have high turnover or when we just so love our team so much, like they're all things that we don't necessarily uh, see for ourselves. It, it's like we kind of get pushed past a boundary, then we go, oh, I feel like maybe I'm too frustrated. Oh, this is like the eighth person to leave our team. I wonder if there's something I'm doing. You know, I love these people so much, but they all seem to want to like personally help me. They're con- committed to me more than they are committed to the vision. That is another sign that like I'm bringing my needs to the table rather than focusing on serving my team. Hmm. That's a really good point of, it sounds like in all these examples, when we are feeling insecure or needing people to meet our needs, it's like we go inward. And then when we're actually secure enough to look outward, that's when things operate better altogether. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Like when we're getting our our sense of value and our worth and whatever we need from Christ first then we're coming in already full and not having those needs and hopefully we're coming in full to overflowing where we're able to pour out into the people around us do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to maybe the planners you bought in the past have been helpful for just a little bit but then you lose it or completely forget it exists let me tell you about life in order Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, homework, relationships, and personal growth. They have paper and digital bullet journals, so if paper is not your thing, you can use it on your computer or tablet. 
there's also so many adorable stickers and notepads to choose from so you can decorate your workspace and keep it tidy. My bullet journal was a game changer for me, and since I customized it, it was already set up for what I personally needed. So if you're ready to get your life in order, you can find their products today on lifeinordershop.com and use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your purchase. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and order a product today. So I'm really curious, how does imposter syndrome play into this? Because we hear a lot about imposter syndrome, we know kind of what it is, but does that have anything to do with what we're talking about in asking our team to meet our needs instead of Christ? Yeah, this is a great question, Jenny. And I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts too, because I don't think of myself as someone who deals with imposter syndrome a lot, because I tend to like put my insecurities pretty much right out on the table and let everybody know that I think it's like a wonder that I even have this opportunity and I'm just having a go. Um, and so I kind of maybe come at it from the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm not I'm not personally someone who performs well under pressure. I'm not great at like putting on a face, if you will. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm pretty genuine in my insecurities and that comes up with its own faults. But I think in imposter syndrome, if we're coming in thinking like we have an idea in our head of who we need to be, then underneath that is our own insecurity of I, I don't think I'm enough. And what will end up happening is we will ask our team to affirm that we are enough. That will be what's going on underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And it can be frustrating because maybe we're presenting who we think, like the imposter syndrome, presenting who we think people want us to be. And they affirm that, but they're not really getting the chance to know who we really are. And they would affirm that if we gave them the opportunity to get us get to know us in that way. Does that make sense? I don't know yeah. if you agree, disagree, or have thoughts. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. And I also think that it's not just putting on his face of, I have to be this person in order to do well at this job, but it's saying that who, I can't believe I even got this job in the first place. What do I have to give? So Mm -hmm. you're right about going to your team for affirmation instead of Christ in the first place, because it's like we bring our insecurities to work with us in a little briefcase. We say, these are my friends. <laughs> we sit them all out on our desk, kind of expecting others to meet those needs instead of Christ. And so I agree with you and what you said. Yeah. And we might not even be mindful that we're doing it. We might mm-hmm. just be like feeling those insecurities and just hoping that somebody will affirm us where we need affirming. Um, because for whatever reason, we're struggling to bring that to God himself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. This is challenging me in my own personal life. (laughs) I'm just thinking to myself, like, wow, I should have, wish I should take notes on this afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) So what steps can we begin to take to become confident leaders to where we don't need to expect others to meet our needs at work? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've touched on this already, but first we have to find our confidence in Christ. First, we have to find our confidence in Christ. And that's really difficult because we're always looking for it in other places. You know, one place that I struggle with personally is in finances. I would 
much rather, I don't, I don't need to have a fancy car, but I want the security of a boatload of money sitting in the bank. Like that's what I want, yeah. that's not what I yeah. have, but that's what I want, right? Mm -hmm. And so my temptation there is to find my security in the number in my bank account rather than to find my security in Christ. Now that doesn't mean that I can just be, you know, find my security in Christ and then be unwise with my finances. So it's like this little bit of a balance where, yes, we need to make wise choices. Yes, we need to learn and grow and read the books and go to the conferences and look at our own experience and evaluate. But also like it's first, first we are rooted in Christ. First we are secure in Christ. So that in the example of the finances, when I go to assess my own finances, I'm not doing it out of a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it out of being rooted in Christ. I'm secure in him. And so now the decisions that I make for my finances are out of stewardship and obedience rather than like fear that I won't have enough for the future, if that makes sense. And so it's, it's this idea that sometimes we're like, well, I would be secure in Christ. Like I would be secure if I did this. And I just want to encourage people to come back to, no, no, first we are secure in Christ. First we trust him. And then we can look at how we're going to grow as a leader. And so another thing that I would say is to, if you want to grow in your confidence, in your leadership, give yourself permission to experiment. I think nobody has to get it right on the first try. You really don't. And, you know, even like what you do to lead one meeting might not work in the next and that's okay. And how you operated five years ago might not be how you operate today. And that's okay. Give yourself permission to experiment. And with that, then if an experiment quote unquote fails, it's, it's actually just information. It gives valuable information that you yes. can learn from. Um, and, and similar, if it's successful, you don't just go like, great. I don't ever have to think about this again. You actually go, okay, cool. Why was that successful? What was good about that? How am I going to apply that to the next thing that I do? So just having permission to not be perfect, permission to experiment and learn as you go, I think really helps build our confidence. And then the last thing I would say about being a confident leader is to actually have a clear strategy. It's funny how often we are just flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> maybe we're like afraid to really think about it or, or maybe that's just like our personality and that's how we roll. But if you have an actual like clear strategy uh, and you think through things and you have a plan in place and even better, you communicate that with people, it builds everybody's confidence uh, in your leadership. Even if that strategy fails, at least we know what we're doing and why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And then if it fails, we can evaluate from there. But really the strategy piece like helps you understand why you're doing what you're doing. And that always builds confidence. That's so good. I love that. I feel like that's such a coach thing of you to say, to say that the, <laughs> that the failures are just data. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's I've data that might hurt sometimes, but it's still like data, you know? Exactly. It's yeah. You can learn doesn't from. mean it doesn't yeah. sting, but it is totally. data. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've been wrestling with that in my own personal life of thinking, okay, what does it look like to put the king the kingdom of god first like matthew 6 verse 33 mm. seek the kingdom of god first and then and his righteousness and then all the other things will be added unto you mm -hmm. i've been like well okay it's not that finances don't matter right. but it's, it's like they can't be the first thing i mm -hmm. seek that's really so good 
I've just been all over the place sorting that out in my brain, but you put it so well. Thanks. Yeah. It, I mean, it, as you were saying that, what I was just thinking is like, I feel like it's a lifelong journey of learning to put Christ first. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always, always. But in, in my personal experience, when I do go back, go to him first, it always boosts my confidence. Mm-hmm. It's like it was supposed to be that way or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, do you have any final encouragement for women in ministry specifically who are listening to this episode? Yeah, you know, um, Barna, I do know what Barna is. No, what is that? Oh, so Barna is like a, a research institute in America that they, they do all kinds of research on church or, ch- churches, churches and ministry leaders and all sorts of interesting stuff like that. And one of the surveys that they did last year, they surveyed pastors who were thinking about leaving their jobs and what, why, why were they planning on leaving their jobs? Because after COVID, so many pastors were like, you know what, I think maybe I'm mm-hmm. gonna peace out for a little bit here. And so the top two responses were um, the stress, of the job, just the stress of the job. I think it, um, my numbers are estimates here, but about 50% of them said, I'm going to, I'm thinking about leaving because this job is so stressful. And then the second number was somewhere in the forties in terms of percentage. They said, I'm thinking about leaving this job because I feel lonely and isolated. Hmm. So I'll, I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot, if not the majority of pastors feel stressed, lonely and isolated. And um, what I would say to anybody who's listening, um, you don't even necessarily have to be a pastor on staff. You could just be someone with a desire or heart for ministry. You could be a volunteer leader, maybe just even dreaming about it. But the stress, the isolation, the loneliness, those things are quote unquote normal. And they also don't have to be that way. Uh, when we're in these roles where we are serving others and ministering to others, often we are dealing with a lot of problems, other people's problems, other people's emotions, and we're just go, 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 busy rolling with it. And um, we forget that the path to our own personal breakthrough is going to involve facing our own struggles, facing our own emotions. But like our jobs are emotional and the people mm-hmm. we're working with, they have their emotions. So it's really easy for leaders to take their emotions and just say like, you know what, I got to deal with everybody else. My stuff doesn't matter, but it does matter. It does matter. And if you were able to take the, um, the stress, the isolation, the loneliness and the emotions that you feel about it and bring that to God and let him help you find the healing that you need, Mm -hmm. um, man, that would bring such personal breakthrough for you. It really would. And it's so tricky talking to pastors about this because they know that they know that it's true, but we, we all forget like how important it is to really like open up that box that we shoved our emotions into and pull them out. Because if we can't be honest with ourselves, it's really going to be really hard for us to hear God being honest with our honest with us. You know what I mean? Like if we can't Mm -hmm. be honest with ourselves, when he speaks truth to us, be a hard time for us to hear it because we're not really willing to go to those places. So yeah. my encouragement for anybody is to give yourself the space that you need to get healthy. 
get ask for help like talk to a pastor or a mentor that you trust get a coach like do whatever you need to do to make sure that you are actually living strong and free in christ and not just that you feel better although i do really want you to feel better i don't want you to feel stressed <laughs> or lonely but also because that stress and loneliness you feel is is taking down your effectiveness in ministry. And I believe that you are called to go and serve others and to do it to the best of your ability. And so we want you to actually be at your best. We want you to actually be strong and free so that you feel better, but also so that you are serving others so effectively and building God's kingdom in the way that you were designed to do. And so, yeah, that's my encouragement for people that you really do have a calling. It really is important. And so you got to take care of yourself. Yes, I agree and approve this message. <laughs> so, Kate, where can people find you if they want to um, look up your name on the Internet and say, what does this woman do? Is she a good coach? Should I sign up for coaching with her? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I hope you sign up for coaching with me. Um, KatePetrie.com is my website and I'm on Instagram at Kate M. Petrie. And I also have a podcast myself. It's called Strong and Free Leaders where we talk about a lot of this kind of stuff. And uh, I would love to hear from anybody. I'd just love to hear from anybody about anything. I'm happy to chat in the DMs on Instagram. Um, but I also, I'm really happy to hear from anybody who thinks that, I don't know, maybe coaching might be for them. We can definitely have a conversation about that too. Yeah. And I'll link all of those in the show notes. So it'll be easy for people to find you. Awesome. Kate, thank you so much for being the first international guest on the <laughs> Head to Heart podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's been really great. Thank you so much for having me. I was really looking forward to this conversation. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. I love hearing from you. So if any part of this episode was helpful, go ahead, share it on your Instagram story and tag us. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or our website. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.